1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. My
2: honey, my baby, don't put my love on no shelf. She said, don't hand me no lines and keep your hands to yourself. All in good morning. And I said, blues how do you do?" You see Cause baby, it's alright now. The sunshine's falling down, girl.
3: Got Welcome. The All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. A Southern Storm, a bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show,
2: Brian Jones and Jason Johannes.
4: Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast on Pantheon Podcast. Where you can go and find the music podcasts of your choice to your liking, we always hope that we're on that list. But if we're not, you're going to go and find any kind of style of music podcast that that you uh, just love and enjoy. So please go to Pantheon Podcasts to check out whatever you want. Check out us. Check out uh, the Hook Rocks with our buddy Jay Scott. And with all the time that I'm here, Jason is too. So what's going on, man?
3: I am here. I am here. And I want to talk about our buddy Jay for a second. Sure. I, f- I feel like we've influenced him, Brian, because he's now <laughs> had on Parker Barrow. So Southern Rock, he's starting to do more of that. He's got a new he's got a new interview out with Els Bailey, who we've been trying to link right on. up with, but she's in England, so it's hard. So he's doing yeah. some blues in Southern Rock. And I feel like we've influenced him. So you're welcome, Jay.
4: Yeah, we uh, you know, we uh complement each other well.
3: You know, I think we uh, do. We, you know, sometimes he's,
4: he's, you know, we've had people that he's talked to first and vice versa. So, so, so glad to have you, Jay, as a friend. And anytime we get to chat, it's always great and hilarious and unpredictable
3: and, you know, whatever other kind of description you want to throw in there. So, and I've got to carry on. This isn't the all marketing for Jay. I, I don't want to get into, it, but he just had a episode on Stoner Rock. Like, what Stoner Rock? Yeah, what are some of the bands? Yeah, and like Clutch. I guess they consider Stoner Rock, and yeah. it never really made sense to me what they meant by Stoner Rock. But now I sort of get it when you say Clutch or you know these some of these other bands. It's kind of kind of cool.
4: Yeah, and coincidentally, in my kind of like in playing bass and my quest to like kind of. I think music's always in a place we're trying to get our music to a certain, you know, what is it that we want to play and do what's yeah. best fitting for us. And and so from time to time, and I've recently, I've gone back to what they called garage rock in the sixties, which a lot of those, a lot of it is, you know, it's got that kind of psychedelic organ, but you know, there's some bands where you can find it, 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 it like for some reason they were, you know foreshadowing grunge so it's kind of and in that i guess what we're gonna call stoner rock and or that kind of that kind of stuff and and yeah, some of that stuff i like some of it kind of is a little poppy but it's so funny because back then like all those bands they dress like in like suits and whatever but but the drummers are all just fantastic you know so um i've been listening to that and that that i think kind of and I think I commented, I did comment that on on Jay's post about that. I mean, listen to garage rock. You did so, like months. what?
3: What are some of these bands that are grabbing your attention that you're liking right now? From
4: well, that? and I I should be able to answer this right off the top of my head, but you know, I definitely uh, have to quote look in the Magic uh, Eight Ball that is Spotify and look at my list here. Um, it's so funny because it's always every band is like the like adjective noun. Yeah. I mean, it's like the weeds, the smoke. <laughs> The Whalers, the Lost Souls, "Out of Our T- Out of Our Tree" by the Whalers. Of course, not Bob Marley and the Whalers, but
3: yeah, yeah, they were yeah. called the
4: Fabulous Whalers. That "Out of Our Tree" song is fantastic.
3: It is. Uh, I actually know that song. Oh, really? I do. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I know that song, but <laughs> I know that song. Uh,
4: no good news from the weeds is is really uh, pretty pretty spectacular. Just you know, and I I like I'm so kind of picky, so when I'm uh going through the stuff like it's like well that song sounds the same that song sounds the same but something else that, that sounds a little more you know thicker rock kind of like you know um there's a song called hey freak by bob hako and the swamp rats if i'm pronouncing
3: that's a answer. great name that's a, that sounds like the name of a band we would interview
4: yeah right <laughs> the sorrows <laughs> is another band the remains yeah funny
3: yeah is there anything that catches you about the bass lines? Because you know playing bass is there, just something that well, grabs you.
4: I will admit I gravitate towards the bass lines that don't sound too complicated. I can play that. <laughs> and there's some that are like, yeah, skip. I'll learn to crawl before I learn to walk, or learn to yeah, something like that.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your uh, what's your go to bass right now?
4: I'm I am now and I think I can actually say this because I always say I don't want to make a destination statement, but I, <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I am all Ibanez right now. Okay. Which I know a lot of the, you know, the, you know, they're, I probably over that there's the blaze, the blaze, the base police going, Hey, that's not a fender Squire, That's not a, uh, you know, a, uh, Gibson Epiphone Thunderbird, but they're yeah. just, you know, they're just, uh, the neck is just so comfortable and thin. I mean, so this here, I know the people can't see it, but senior I've been as a great players,
3: man. Yeah. yeah.
4: And, you know, and then so just to compliment that, um, the mezzo, meaning medium scale, 32-inch scale.
3: Is that a seafoam green type or a blue? Yeah. What is that color? Yeah. Yeah,
4: it's like a seafoam foam green. Yeah, like a 60-style like a
3: yeah. green. Yeah, I love it. That's great.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Looks good. Yeah, no, I, they, I, they just, for me, they play very well. They, they, they're comfortable to play. I can play more and better on them. um There is, you know, they do have active tone circuit, which sometimes I've been taboo against, and sometimes I'm okay with. You know, I might have to you change some
3: metal right. with that. You can yeah. okay. <laughs> If you get I'm back not... into thrash, you can do it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm not. I just think my calling is a metal player, but some of that. Uh, garage 60s garage rock stuff is pretty pretty thick on there so but uh um what else is going on this week we've been uh, chatting on our chat group about the you know the crows re releasing uh 99 pounds or it's a, a version from that time
3: yeah like I'll, I'll be honest it sounds fine but I don't care like wh- why do we want? a third version of a song, like a song that's not anything major in the catalog. So we just do weird stuff, man. Like I just never understand their marketing approach. So it sounds fine. It's a cool version, but it doesn't make me excited about it. It just makes me question why they do that. Yeah.
4: And you know, and I've been (laughs) on our group, I've been pretty open about, you know, like criticizing their business and stuff, but you know, it's like, give us something new, you know, please, please give us something new. Yeah. You know, right? it, 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 I think that there is just, you know, there's, I'm not going to go into long detail about this because I already did on our chat group, but, you know, there's some bands that I think still are trying to, and it's fine, I guess, if that's, you know, the model from back in the 90s, like, there was always a like, huge anticipation built up for the event of a record release and whatnot, but now, 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 some managers just going, here it is, you know, here it is, you know, like the Stones, of course, which rolled, have a whole episode about hackney diamonds with some of our friends you know just like release a song record's coming up in a month here it is you know just simple you know and of course they 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 obviously the stones have done that a lot too like the big huge you know reveal and get excited and but i just think with the crows it's just been going since the you know rich and chris got back together it's been so like god dudes you say you got something done, man. Just, just give us one song.
3: Get a taste, just, something, yeah. you know, a 30-second snippet, something to, yeah. to build the anticipation. I just don't get it. They did that 1972 covers record, why it sounded fine and good. It's like, who are they aiming their marketing at? Are they trying to build fans in the general public again? Or are they trying to satisfy the hardcore fans that have been with them since – they you know inception i don't know brian because the decisions don't make sense for either group
4: well i think it's kind of a mixed bag because shake your money maker of course is i think as you know directed back at the you know the fans that are yeah. most familiar but they played it that. for
3: three freaking years the general <laughs> public's not going to go see that same yeah, tour right. three times yeah you know who does is your hardcore fans they're going to go watch you play three times because you change up the set and do yep, different things yep. and so you know so I just whatever I know. And I think we, 19... we, we get mad because we love, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, we for love sure, that yeah. band, and you that's know. why we get we get worked up over it. Oh, uh,
4: 1972 I think was was kind of more directed towards some more of the faithfuls I think in some ways. That seems yeah, like th- th- that that 1972 doesn't seem like out of the ordinary of what they would have done.
3: Some of their covers and something sure yeah. sure, but it's just <laughs> supposedly they have this new record or or records worth of materials already recorded and ready to go like like <laughs> let's hear it let's do something guys you're not torn right now
4: yeah well you know there's always a method to my madness and that's a good segue because we're talking about Atlanta Rock and
3: it with ties to the black crows directly. Absolutely.
4: Absolutely. You
3: know, who are we and, talking about, Brian? Who did you, so who did we, you find for us?
4: I, I came across rare birds. I, I don't remember how I come across bands. I just do. I came across rare birds and, uh, their earlier stuff. I was listening to I was just, It was kind of cool. And then their latest record came out Atlanta ATL. I'm like, wow, this is like really, really good. You know? And I had no idea, you know, uh, Of course, we talked to um, Andrew Kyler, first of all. And, you know, he goes way, way, way back in, you know, in the uh, Atlanta scene, which was uh, very, very cool to hear. Worked
3: with Steve Gorman.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
3: Yeah, and like, like, listen, he's a, uh, Andrew is a veteran of that scene, well-respected and well-liked. In fact, that band is made up of musicians that are known to the area and respected musicians, musicians, I'd sent uh, Gorman a note on a DM on Instagram or Instagram, no uh, Twitter or X, whatever you mm-hmm. call it. Just to said, we had those guys on and he was super complimentary of Andrew and the band itself. So, you know, it's, it's a great band legacy from Atlanta. Um, carrying on that, that soul bluesy rock music. Very, you know, it's got a little bit elements of the crows, a little elements of the stones, all the stuff that you and I like
4: yeah for sure so i know you guys will enjoy this too so uh we had the pleasure of talking we've already said uh, uh andrew kyler from uh, uh, rare birds and also on vocals and guitar brandon neal uh, also joined us and it was a wonderful conversation and a great time was had for all and i do believe a good time will be had for y'all listeners as well so enjoy our conversation with andrew kyler and brandon neal from rare birds out of atlanta <laughs> segment of the podcast, and you guys know I always throw it over to Jason to introduce our first-time awesome guests this week.
3: And we are very excited to have another great Georgia rock band. Like, they're all over the place. You can't get rid of them. But uh, we got two dudes from the awesome Rare Birds Atlanta band. We have, I'm going to hope I'm going to get this right, Andrew Kyler and oh, Brandon Neal. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, guys. Right. Well, I had to stop and think about it. Brian makes me introduce everybody, so I screw up <laughs> names. It's, it's like part of the show.
4: <laughs> How's everything in Atlanta GA
1: this Great. afternoon? Great, wonderful, beautiful day.
3: Are you guys going to celebrate the Braves making the postseason? I mean, like the top team along with the Orioles.
1: Well, you know, uh, in the area that we live in, uh, the Braves used to actually play about uh, four blocks down the street. And we, we wish them, you know, all the success in the world. But, uh, you know, we're busy playing music.
3: <laughs> I, I Wait a minute. I think there's some underlying hard feelings here I'm getting.
1: Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it, it's all good.
3: Well, yeah. Was it the Fulton County Stadium or was yes. it the other? Yeah. Okay, Fulton, The launch pad.
1: Yes. The house that Hank built. Yes. Uh, literally you know, right down the street in Georgia state still plays football there. So, you know, it's, it's still
5: there. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them.
3: I love that stadium. Sorry, Brian, we're getting off. We're going to forget no, we're going good, to the man. first question. So I'm yeah. from Cincinnati. I grew up going to Riverfront, you know, Riverfront oh, oh, Stadium, okay. Pittsburgh, Three yeah, Rivers, and right. Fulton County. They were all the exact stadiums, okay. exact same ones.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of good bands from Cincinnati, too.
3: There are. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, some, there's some good music coming from there. But, uh, you know, I just... Listen, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, you had TBS on TV, you couldn't watch, you, I could watch more Braves games than Reds games.
1: Oh, TBS, yes. Thank you, Ted Turner. <laughs>
3: Thank you, Ted. I All right, have... Brian, let's... <laughs>
1: well, ahead. before the cookie cutter crush, I got to ask
4: you, like, how how far are you guys from Little Five Points? Because, like, the first time I would have ever heard of Little Five Points was in the Black Crow's uh, uh, yeah. episode of Behind the Music, and... It, at one time, I know I don't know if it still is, but it was uh, when the, we have had Steve Gorman on twice, and he told us like when he first got there in '87 is very much like a mixing pot of of musicians and artists. And is it like that now? Are you anywhere near there with with little five uh, points? Well, like?
1: well, I know and love Steve Gorman. Have known him for years. Uh, uh, Steve and I used to work at a place called Fellini's together. And oh Fellini yeah, is kind of. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, all right. Um, how to put it. Uh, the best way I can describe it is Fellini's used to have, we used to put the beer coolers where the, the I guess the public could go and it's like self-serve. So if you get this idea, there was like self-serve beer in a place that was owned by a musician and had mostly <laughs> musicians working there. And so... Uh, uh, it, it was a lot of fun <laughs> so uh uh back at that time uh i mean there were just all sorts of different bands that would kind of come in uh to little five points you know like like any day you might you know you might look up and it might be the you know the guys from coc might be coming through or you look up and there's uh that's that dude from the lemon heads or that's that you know different bands would come in and just kind of uh hang out and uh it was it was just an interesting time and you know and also back in that That period of time, it seemed like either everyone was in a band or trying to start a band and there was like all these, you know, all these warehouses all over Atlanta where you'd go into and it was just like walking into a bee's nest. It was just like (laughs) nothing but, uh, you know, drums and you know loud amps and everything coming out of these, you know, carpeted rooms and just tons of bands going back there. I mean, Charlie was around back then. Yeah, played in a Mm -hmm. band called Bitch. We used to share a room with him. I mean, there's just a, it was a fun time. Well, oh, go ahead, Jason.
3: Well, before you we get into a real question, we talked to Charlie a couple times and he told us that Chris Robinson originally wanted to call the Blackberry Smoke to call themselves a specific name. Do you know which name he wanted them, they told them they should be called?
1: I, I will, I will say this. Uh, one of the names that, that Chris, <laughs> he used to always try to get people, you know, he would go... Uh, <laughs> You should name your band Krishna Pig. And he was, so he would come up with these names. And uh, I know that, I, if I'm not mistaken, Blackberry Smoke was one of the names that he helped. He did. With. Yeah, but. Yep, he did. But, you know, Chris is pretty funny that way. He's, he's like, it, it, any day you ask him, he will he will have five band names that he will just throw at you. But Krishna Pig was one of my favorites.
3: Brian, what was the name that Charlie Star said Chris wanted to be called? Well,
4: one is a, like a, one name that he took on himself, and the other one is, you know, New Earth Mud, and that's you know that's that's yeah. normal. That's normal. The other one was Sweatpants Boner.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good on a t-shirt. <laughs> I think you have to be a punk band though. If you're going to be called Sweatpants Boner, you have to be a punk band or something.
0: I'm getting some very sentimental power ballad kind of lyrical ideas as we're talking. <laughs> yeah, so, <you> know, <laughs> I think we got something.
2: You, know, <laughs> is, you have to be able to pull it off. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well,
4: I definitely want to circle back to this stuff as we go along. but We should uh, get to where, you know, if you know, you guys can each you know give us some a little bit of like how you got started in music, and then skip ahead to how Rare Birds became okay. a band. So.
0: OK, yeah, I can go first. All right. Um, yeah. So um, I guess I started music up in I, I was living up in East Tennessee, you know, born and raised um, before I moved down to Atlanta. So I started up there, you know, playing in church, playing a lot of gospel, um, a lot of, uh, you know, like Rolling Stones cassette tapes, um, some old country, like some Patsy Cline and some some Hank Williams, you know, cassette tapes in the back of my dad's car and that kind of like gospel meets meets kind of country meets exile on main street you know these are kind of some some pivotal things for me that all kind of smush together um and you know started out um kind of supporting some bands playing whatever country up in knoxville you know if you if you can play guitar and you can you have a telecaster you can play anything, all right? right. <laughs> like you can you can fake it. Here you go. Like all oh man, chicken picking. Like man, I'm ready to knock. go to Nat-
3: Knoxville. Let's go. Yeah, Let's yeah, go. yeah, all right. Right. yeah.
0: So, so kind of that coming from kind of that background, and then moving down to Atlanta, um, and and then meeting up with like Andrew and, and Sean and you know these guys, kind of turning that background. molding it with kind of theirs blending it with theirs has been really cool because they've let me kind of have they let me you know have my hank williams you know while while andrew's over here you know with his you know his free and his his jimmy and and all this stuff and i think it's i mean i couldn't be happier with that Likewise, (laughs) here you go i can yeah Anything you want
1: to say? I've just been doing it uh, a long time. And there's, I mean, I mean, I say it all the time. There's really nothing like, I mean, you can play an instrument, but there's really nothing like being in a room with other musicians and, you know, just having that space in between notes and, you know, having something come to life. Cause it it really is a, you know, that's the thing that you can't replace. I mean, you can't, you know, you can sit down and strum along with Mm the, whatever else. And, but you, it's hard to kind of replace that feeling that you get with uh, other musicians.
3: Andrew, did you grow up in the Georgia Atlanta area?
1: I actually grew up in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and I moved down here to go to school, but I've, I've literally been here forever. Man,
3: yeah. I, I was liking you and now finding out you're from.
2: Colorado, oh, here we go. You, Cleveland we're Brown, like here. each other. Yeah, man, yeah. Then, All right. on. Bring I, it on. You
3: look, you sounded like a nice guy Now I'm not so sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: <I'm> not. <laughs>
3: That works, yeah, yeah. Well, so, both of our teams are struggling this year into the season. Oh, str-
1: well, struggling when you <laughs> when you pay someone two hundred and thirty million dollars is just, that's that's a new <laughs> kind of struggling.
3: That that, that is that yeah. is. You know, you you think you'd get both legs for that price?
1: Ah, uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, well, well, we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, early reports aren't looking good. <laughs> so how like how about
4: was rare birds born okay where, when you're like getting serious okay we're gonna do this this is the band this is
1: well uh so sean backer who is the drummer in our band uh mm-hmm. uh we i you know myself and uh suzanne sledge we had a band called 6875 oh okay. yeah we know no, suzanne? We've ta- we, yeah. we haven't had her on but i've chatted with her <laughs> yeah there you go you so so sixty-eight, seventy-five was, in fact, uh, we used to share a room with Charlie Starr when he was uh, in, uh, in a band called Bitch, and he had like a couple other bands, and uh, Charlie and Suzanne both grew up in the Columbus area. Yeah. So, uh, you know, fast forward a million years, uh, Suzanne had moved up to Atlanta, and she's, she's, you know, traditionally kind of more of a blues singer, and so uh, she and I put a band together, And we, you know, we struggled around Atlanta and then somehow we managed to, you know, do a couple of uh, UK tours. And, you know, it's funny. It's like, you know, something that we were doing here in Atlanta, we did it over there and people got it. So uh, long story short, uh, we came back from a tour and uh, it was... It was time to put it on hiatus, and so Sean Thacker uh, ended up playing the, the very last 6875 show that we did at Smith's Old Bar with Suzanne and I, and uh, he was literally, you know, you, you would think it would be like kind of like a, a somber uh, affair, but Sean was so great, like literally as, as soon as we, you know, hit the last note, I, I was running over to him and saying, hey man, we, we need to go ahead and try to put something together. And so I, I talked him into uh, getting together with uh, another friend of mine named Justin Sanker. And Justin is the bass player in um, Atlanta rhythm section. So, um, oh my. So, uh, oh my. so we got in the basement and we were making noise and you know, trying to get something going. And we ended up finding Brandon and uh, sent him some recordings. And we were just thinking, well, we'll, we'll just see what, what happens. And he came in and literally, you know, sparks. So, and, and literally we've been running, running with it since then, you know, cause Brandon kind of came in and, you know, we didn't give him, didn't say, Hey man, this is the, this is the inspiration point. This is what we're trying to do. We didn't say any of that stuff to him. He just, you know, he just came in with something that made us know that we, that we were talking the same language and he got it. And so we've been running with that, you know, like I said, ever since.
3: How did you find Brandon though? He's over in Tennessee doing his country was western the, chicken picking thing.
1: He's a Craigslist killer. It was the best. <laughs> back
3: I've ever, now ever, that's ever, the name of a band. I'm there sorry. You go, yeah, I, Craigslist killer. That's yeah, a great one. yeah.
0: That's uh, <laughs> literally. I think yeah. You sent me an MP. We Craigslist. You sent me an MP3. I sent you an MP3. That yeah. was
1: if if you ever know, want a fun weekend, just put an ad in Craigslist. And,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'll just show up
1: a couple of name, a couple bands and just see what you get. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's fun, man. <laughs>
3: it's so, okay. So how'd you guys hook up? Were you in, were you in Tennessee? Did you come over Were you're already in the Atlanta area?
0: Yeah. So I was moving down from, from knock from Tennessee. I yeah. moved down to Atlanta. I was down here for, you know, a couple months and I, you know, obviously Got the itch where it's like, all right, I had my thing back home, moving down here. I want to see what's down here, going to shows, and then how do I do something? And I literally got I, you know, to me, I got lucky. I looked on Craigslist and some dude's like, Hey, we're looking to start a rock band. We need a singer. I'm like, no more information needed. Yes. You know, (laughs) I will. And and I mean, literally, I think there was literally like two or three emails. And out of nowhere, I—I I mean, again, I got lucky. I moved down here, not really knowing much of anybody, just trying to go to shows, and pretty grateful for that.
3: Yeah. Did right. you know you wanted to move over to more of a rock, southern rock, you know, Def- genre?
0: Definitely. I mean, I—I I, the country thing that I had done paid a lot of bills when I was in school. Mm-hmm. You can play a wedding and play Tim McGraw. And you can get that guaranteed check every weekend. But I got to come down here, and the the gospel and rock and roll were the two things that I loved more than more than anything. And so then coming down to Atlanta, seeing some shows, like like in Little Five, like y'all were saying, that was one of the first neighborhoods, you know, that I went to. Um, I mean, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And then, like, like I said, Andrew kind of sent me something him and Sean and Justin had worked up just kind of a rock track, guitar, bass, drums. And I was like, that's it. That's, I want to do that sound.
1: And he's also, he's leaving out the uh, the biker birth, birthday parties.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Up in East Tennessee, yeah. 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 The corn pone across from the strip club. There's yeah. some, there's some nights nice playing country music that you can see some things that you, you might you can't unsee. You, you might see them, you know. A couple nights a month in your dreams and wake up sweating. It's all good. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. all- <laughs> so definitely glad to be out of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rock and roll, yes. Not seeing leather around ankles, good. From the <laughs>
3: Well, Brian, I think we may have one of the answers in our lightning round. We always ask first-time guests <laughs> We'll probably here, get right? some expansion on. So, we'll, Brandon, we'll get good background on that. Uh, Andrew, for you, you played with a lot of great vocalists and a lot of around a lot of great rock vocalists. Like what what was it about Brandon that really kind of drew you into you No, know, that's the guy you want singing for your band.
1: Well, well, I mean, well, there, I mean, there's so many things. One is that, um, again, we always talk about space, but he you know, he has great command he's a great storyteller so I mean that's you know I it's hard to kind of put into words but it's like when you when you listen to someone sing if you if you believe what they're saying if you are listening to what they're saying and 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 feel like uh you know like there's something in it like there's you know it's not like just somebody singing over you it's actually somebody you know having a conversation with you and it's he's got that gift you know it's like um you know (laughs) if you were to really kind of look at the lyrics of a lot of our songs, I mean, they're, you know, nocturnal woman, woman of action. They're they're all, <laughs> they kind of run the gamut, but all of those are just like every single one of those songs. It's like, uh, it's like a, a great conversation. It's like, you know, you're having somebody, you know, tell you something over a beer that you you want, you'd want to hear.
3: Now that you said those names of those songs and hearing a little bit about his background. I'm seeing where the inspiration for maybe some of these come from. Nocturnal woman, woman of action. I mean, come on.
0: I, I mean, definitely. I think a fun, a fun part of what we do. And I'm incredibly grateful and love kind of the dynamic that we have as a band in general, but man, I can show up at Andrew's place and he'll have like a riff with a title that makes, has no sense words just literally the most insane words i don't know where he gets it from i'll show up people like this is i can't even think like jacksonville bowie there's just like a random example of just here's two words and then we'll kind of jiff on and i'll come up with some melodies and then i kind of sit with him like oh man that title has something i can work with that yeah and he yeah. he yeah i'm he lets me play with that and i don't even know where he comes up with half the stuff man but. Yeah.
1: we have we have a song called thistle down and Thistledown, you, you know, it's funny because uh when I was a kid, I worked at a, I worked at a movie theater that was was across the street from uh, Thistledown uh, horse racing. That's up in uh, Ohio, and yeah. I was telling Brandon kind of the story of you know like riding the bus to work, and you're riding the bus and you're seeing all these people and they've kind of got their their horse sheets and they're all you know they're either in a great mood because they think they know something that nobody else knows or they're you know, they got their hopes and dreams and they, you get on that bus after work and you're on you're that bus with these people who are riding the bus to the horse track. And, you know, you know, you got everybody from maybe the one or two people who have actually won and everybody else who kind of maybe lost some money that they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have bet. Uh, and I was telling Brandon that story and, you know, it's amazing. He's like, he was able to kind of take that one little nugget and, you know, do something amazing and, you know, tell a really, you know, kind of a universal story, I think, in uh, Thistledown if you get a chance to listen to that.
3: That's the first try- song on, on yeah. the new record.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
4: So I don't know if this will end up being a question as much of just like a, like a observation or whatever, but this conversation is, is turning out even more than what I hoped. Um, uh, you know, along with our, obsession with kentucky rock and roll is also georgia rock and rolling a lot of good you, kentucky bands yeah and you can you can go back as far as 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 otis redding and, and then of course
1: oh,
4: satellites yeah. and the crows and driving and crying and blackberry smoke and on and on and all oh, their finest uh, yep and you guys the thunderbolts there's a band called one for the road i think they're from around where the thunderbolts are and benji shanks is from there and stuff so I know I've heard Charlie say that, like, when he was younger in high school, he was like, well, he thought him and his buddies were going to move to L.A. And he said he's glad that they didn't do that. So um, it, it's just always been like a scene for you or just the place to, to be. We, and we also recently talked to Tony Higby. I don't know if you know Tony or not that plays with Tom Kiefer's band it was in Cinderella. And- oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, is it just is that just it's always been just the place to be? Like it's because so many people they'll go to L.A. or they'll go to Nashville or whatever. So that's just always been Atlanta's been been it for you, and you you carried on that tradition.
1: I mean, Atlanta's kind of a a, a different vibe. It's it's in one sense it's very much a big city, and then in, in other senses it's it's kind of like a like a Mayberry thing, like almost <laughs> I, I can like literally I I can blindfolded just drive and walk into any bar and I could probably talk to someone and within five or six people naming five or six people I will know someone that they know or they knew of (laughs) you know so Mm -hmm. it's there's always some sort of weird especially when you're talking about music there's some some weird connection and there was always been like you know you mentioned you know the satellites uh I mean I, I I remember literally um you know, there's there's a uh, music store here called Atlanta Discount. And I'm not kidding you. At at one point, you would walk into Atlanta Discount and Dan Baird was, you know, working there. Uh, Peter Stroud was working there. Uh, You know, uh, Jimmy Bocamp, one of my favorite guitar players that, you know, probably nobody ever um, talks about is uh, a guy named Jimmy Bocamp. But the funny thing is Jimmy Bocamp worked there and gave advice to all these guitar players. And one of the guitar players that I remember that, you know, I I'd walk in there sometimes and he'd be talking to was this guy named Dave Cobb, (laughs) uh, (laughs) you know, and it's some random guy, Dave
3: Cobb. Yeah.
1: It's just one of those things that, you know, you, you'd walk into a music store, music store and literally, you know, whether you bought something or not, you know, you'd walk out with some sort of knowledge, either somebody telling you, you know, this sounds good. Maybe you should try this with that. Or you know, giving you some ideas, or you know, or just sometimes you know, I, I just walk in there. I used to be a guy named uh, Luther House Rocker Johnson, and Luther House Rocker Johnson, wow. a, a blues player. And a, uh, you know, when I would I would kind of pull into the parking lot, it was always like the biggest treat because he drove this burgundy, you know, Cadillac. And so you always knew when Luther was there, and, and Luther was so cool. He would uh, he'd pull up in his burgundy Cadillac. Cadillac And he'd keep the car running because he always had his girlfriend sit in the car, (laughs) you know. Keep the air on, and you'd walk in, and Ruth Luther would be in there, you know, playing guitars. And he'd have like a matching. He'd always have like a suit that matched his car. He'd always have man, and he was just he was just the coolest dude. And I would literally, you know, try to pretend like I I was walking around looking at other things, and the whole thing I you know I was just you know every time he would pick up a guitar, I would just listen to what he did. Watched how he played, man, because he was just—he was just a great guitar player, just so cool, man. Love that guy. You're—you're you're mentioning that music story.
4: You talk about Dan Baird, and it just—it reminded me of the story of, you know, the guitar, with Charlie Starr, the this black Les Paul Junior. Les
3: Paul Junior. I,
4: I can't remember the story where he bought that, but it used to be Rick Richards' guitar. He
1: bought that. He bought that at Clark Music, yeah, and it, it used to belong to Rich Rick, Rick Rick Richards. But um, you know, and Rick is a you know, he's another one of those guys that you know, he's like he's a hero. I mean, I, I can't tell you the, you know, the number of times I've seen him just, you know, like literally just walk up on stage and it's just like, he's, it's just, it's, it's automatic. He just doesn't matter which guitar he's playing, whether it's a Firebird or he's playing a junior or whatever, or what band he's sitting in. He, he's just, he's just like an amazing guitar player, you know? And so also
4: for you, Brandon, you know, like you're from Knoxville, you know, what, 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 instinct to go to Atlanta versus Nashville you know what was there a scene ever going on there in Knoxville I know uh we've had a band called the Dirty Gospel on from there so so what 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 for your vibe like what what leads you to go I'm going to Atlanta I'm
0: not going to stay here or go to Nashville yeah no I mean there's there's some great you know cats up in Knoxville I mean you know the Dirty Governors I guess they were kind of when I was first getting in they were coming out um I mean, just recently a Dean, the artists, right. Playing the Ryman, um, a songwriter, it, uh, you know, they are, they're awesome. Um, but I mean, and uh, uh, there's a lot of good music up in Knoxville. It's kind of, it feels like it's almost kind of a crossroads sometimes of you got Chattanooga, Nashville and kind of Asheville and right. 75, all lanes of 75 and I 40 lead to Knoxville. Um, So there, there, there wasn't a shortage of very talented people that are still up there. Um, for me, it was that, you know, I'd been born and raised, you know, just kind of right, right outside of Knoxville. Um, and I just wanted, I'd been, you know, a few years younger. I just wanted to do something. I wanted to go somewhere. I didn't know. I wanted to see a scene that I didn't know. Um, and that's what kind of drove me. I, I, I spent a summer in Nashville Um, and I got some buddies that are, you know, playing guitar out there. Jeremiah Baker as a bad man, if you ever hear his name around. Um, and, and I spent literally living over on music row, rented a room out there. Um, and that just, that there was a difference between living in Nashville and looking at that kind of established scene and this kind of like you know, these pillars and it's like these ceramic walls of this is what we do here. Do you want to come here and do here? Are you willing to play at McDonald's at seven in the morning on a Sunday so that you can maybe play, you know, at 3 p.m. on a Friday and then Atlanta coming down and seeing these clubs? It was a city that I I hadn't spent much time in and there was there was just rock and roll going on. And Nashville has that, too, man, like, you know, not the not the Speak down in Nashville, obviously, but the rock and roll side of things in Atlanta, I think that was kind of when I saw that compared to trying to fight my way through Nashville to find that in Nashville versus coming to Atlanta and getting lucky and coming to a couple clubs where that was happening. That for me, I moved out of Nashville pretty quick after that.
4: And then my next question would be like, what's it like for you? Like, were you aware of of what? andrew had, had done up to that point when you met him like who he played with and all that because i'm list hearing his stories about who he knows and it's like oh my god i'm like my jaws on the floor like i just want to yeah. hear all these stories so what was that like for you you get to you know you hook up with andrew in and this band and your your his experience and people he knew that kind of vibe is that am i like kind of overstating that or was that from my know,
0: perspective amazing is for you no from my perspective you described it the same way that i'd then I saw it and same way that I see it sometimes coming over here with and I mean, that's still uh, with Andrew. I did not know. I came down so ignorant of anything. I just literally came down that that's an all encompassing statement. Ignorant <laughs> of anything. Andrew, right. I, I, I don't hear you go disagreeing on with him. <laughs> He's
3: not I, defending I was, you. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, Specifically coming down to Atlanta, I, I was trying to throw myself into something that I didn't know much about in a scene I didn't know much about. And I literally cannot overstate how lucky that I feel and how grateful that I am that I ran into Andrew and I ran into Sean and Justin at the time. And likewise, likewise. we all, we all, and, the funny thing is we all feel that way. But like you say, jaw on the floor, man, that's dude coming over here. I'm sitting in Andrew's house right now. So when I'm saying come over here, I'm over in Andrew's house, man, coming into this basement, man, and you walk in with him and you can literally pull into the driveway and you just, you know, you just hear this, this tone, just this, I'm sorry, my words have failed me. <laughs> it's,
1: I, loud. <laughs> it's, it's, it's loud. You
0: can't. <laughs> mm! <laughs> like it just, it makes you want to work. And no one works harder than Andrew. I know that. And live it, man. I'm lucky. That's, that's my response. To we're, that. we're all
1: lucky. We're feeling good, but you know, we, we have a lot of work to do. That's the whole thing. So we're just, we're happy to talk to you guys. We're happy to, you know, try to get the word out and, you know,
0: and I'm ignorant to everything I'm going on record. saying <laughs> everything.
1: And, and we're making it worse. <laughs> that's our job. We make it worse. Well, you guys
4: have a great record here, man. I mean, I, I heard this and I'm telling yes. everybody, like, you gotta, like, man. I, you. I kind of, I don't, I don't know if it's fair to compare or whatever, but like, when I first listened to this, it grabbed me the way Cry Love Brother did. You know, it's just like, wow. So you guys get a great record here. And it's wow. fitting in so well with everything we listen to. And, you know, right in there with that same kind of vibe as Blackberry Smoke and the Thunderbolts and everything, everything that's going on there, man. You just have just a great record.
1: And love, love Audley free. Man, <laughs> love Audley. Oddly Aud- is amazing. Man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean mean, your record for me (laughs) same
3: with with Brian. It's just uh, you've got the blues rock, great blues rock, classic rock sound, and then you have this like soulful gospel vocals along with it, and it's, I mean, it it stuck out to me too. And and thank heavens for your PR person who sent Brian and I records and press releases and stuff too. But um, I've also been listening to it online, and there's there's like 14 tracks I think if you stream it. I don't think there's there that many on the physical disc
1: uh so uh what we did is we have the the new record is actually nine songs and then we on the physical disc or the physical um media we put 14 songs because we figured you know if we're going to do a disc we might as well yeah so we threw on um our we had an ep that we had done with jeff tomei because jeff tomei is the guy who did the engineered and recorded the record in fact uh, we did that out at uh uh, jesse dupree's studio it's called cock of the walk ah, you know yeah yes. yeah uh, jesse from jackal everybody yep. calls him jesse from jackal so uh, <laughs> jesse, yeah jesse's got like an amazing studio out in kennesaw and um, you know so we we went out there and recorded those and uh we just decided because those tracks all kind of sounded like they went together so we just decided to put all you know, all 14 of those tracks together on the, the disc. When the, when the vinyl comes out, it, it'll probably just have the nine songs because you can't really, you know, the more the more tracks you put on vinyl, the you know, it kind of creates the sound. So we'll probably just stick with the nine songs on the vinyl. But we're already, you know, the funny thing about it, we're already working on, yeah, we've got 18, eight, 18, 18 songs that we've got recorded mm-hmm. in the can that we're, we're you know, we're going to start trying to, mix and get those out you know hopefully sometime in 2024. So
4: I wanted to ask what the song Dolly Parton because you're uh, earlier you know earlier Brandon's talking about getting song
0: titles or words here there how how did that one come about? So that one like I said a lot of times it's Andrew has has a title that I come up to and I'm like all right we'll play with that that one I guess again you know being from up in East Tennessee Dolly Parton is a she's a, a hero um up there all the good that she's done up there for for everybody and so we were talking we were writing songs and we we're talking about how you know there was one you know it's a, of the stuff of legend right where she writes i will always love you and jolene right. in the same day right and we're sitting here kind of banging our heads against the wall trying to put together a song in the basement like yeah. what's wrong with us like you know why can we not write you know to all timers in one night and I think you know we're just kind of I don't I don't even think the song never says Dolly Parton I don't think the song lyrically or uh, you know but in its movement is by any means derivative of Dolly Parton or referential to Dolly Parton but I think it was kind of when we were just in that moment yeah. writing the song that was yeah that was kind of the energy I mean that's something I, I want to write I'll always love you you yeah. know like <laughs> So I'll keep naming songs, whatever I got to name Sweat it. Sweatpants we'll,
3: Boner, soon to be an all-timer. Yeah. That and, we'll
0: say, and, you know, Dolly's getting in on the rock game now. So maybe we'll get a feature on Sweatpants <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That feels, Dolly
3: Parton writes about Sweatpants Boner.
0: Oh, this feels goodness. blasphemous. I feel yeah. like I...
3: It kind of oh is.
4: <laughs> so, Andrew, you mentioned uh, Jeff Tomei and Cock of the Walk. And I, I chatted a little bit briefly with Jeff, and we hope to get him on sometime. But... Uh, what can you say about him as a producer, in then in, in that studio? I know we got some. I don't know if you know some guys, in a band called Stone Harvest that, that did some work there too. This guy, Matt no, I,
1: I have. I'll, I'll write it down and, and make sure I check him out. But man, any anybody who I mean, Jeff is a stone wizard. Man, he he is literally, and it's funny because you know we're we're the band that that comes into the studio that has a hundred ideas and no money. <laughs> So, you know, so, you know, so we're literally a
3: lot of time messing around while the, roll. you
1: know, and, and Jeff is just so cool. Cause I'll, I'll literally be sitting there and I'll be talking to him about, well, this, you know, this track on exile and, oh man, or this track, you know, if you listen to free on this track, or if you listen to, you know, humble pie, you know, on this track or something like that, and you know, and Jeff would just kind of nod and he's kind of, you know, listening to you and one day I was I was talking talking to Jeff and I was I caught myself in mid sentence. And I said, I know I'm talking to you about, you know, records that were recorded over, you know, like a month or two months. And we're trying to do it in like three days. And he goes, yeah. But still, he's he's like really great with like you could say like a couple things to him and he kind of gets it. And he tries to, you know, tries to, you know, give you that back. But he's just man, just watching that guy mix. It's like it's it's amazing like how quickly he can just kind of pull all those elements together and kind of, you know, make it work. Didn't, didn't he work on some of uh,
4: Blackberry Smokes demo and did did.
1: they, did they do the first record there at
4: cock of the walk?
1: I believe they did. And he's done, man, God, he's done, uh, you know, he used to work over at, um, oh, he did the, the, the smashing pumpkins records he was, he was working on some of those. He's done stuff with Jerry Cantrell. He's oh. done stuff with, man. I mean, literally if you, if you go to Rocket Productions and you just kind of look at who Jeff has been in the room with <laughs> and then, you know, and, and us, <laughs> so yeah, he, he's uh, he's, he's amazing to work with. He's a good guy. And I, I mean, I, I can't recommend him or, uh, you know, heading out to that studio enough. It's, it's kind of a cool place.
4: When you were trying to remember the name of the studio, like Southern Tracks came into my head, and then Brendan O'Brien came into my no, head. So, so like there's,
1: there's Southern Tracks, and now uh, I can't think of the. Um, and it's funny because I literally just bought a Marshall cabinet that belonged to the guy Richard, who used to run, uh, the studio. It'll, it'll come to me. It, it's the studio that um, uh, Butch Vig, when they came down to Atlanta to do um, uh, Sami's, uh, I think it was Sami's Dream, they did. They did it in Atlanta, and I, yeah, I'm just completely drawing a blank. But I mean, a hundred people have recorded there. They did the, um, you know, the Matchbox Twenty stuff. They, you know, you you name it. There was like a run that they had where they were just kind of like, you know, through those doors, and everything that would kind of come through those doors would, you know, leave with a gold record. Did he work with Brendan O'Brien at all? And is is Brendan O'Brien uh, an Atlanta I don't think guy? Jeff, is, Jeff worked with Brendan. So and and it, well this one uh i had a band called the blood poets that worked with brendan brendan used to have a studio it was on uh west peachtree street and this is like and this is this is like early early days and um you know you go in and brendan like literally would be in one corner of the room and it didn't really even have like a uh you know a proper you know barrier between the, the band he just had like a, a mixing desk over there and brendan would kind of sit over on the other side of the room and you would play and try to do your song and then brendan would make some you know like okay and then you would just do it and then he'd you know mix it and hand you something you'd walk out with it you know that's what uh, back when everything was like on adats <laughs> so
3: oh my gosh yeah
1: yeah but uh i mean brendan brendan's another one of those guys who's just like amazing but what people i mean as great as Brendan is as a producer, he is that badass as a guitar player. Like seriously, if you if you ever want to walk out humble, walk into a music store when Brendan <laughs> Brendan's hanging out with a t- with a Telecaster over his neck, just kind of noodling, <laughs> and you and you leave the you leave the music store and you just go, man, I need to go, br- <laughs> I need to go practice. Well, he Brendan, he, he, great. he played the solo on
4: Hard to Handle, right? I believe rumor has it rumor has it (laughs) so yeah well i i I said we were going to circle back around to this and i think i've just decided like you know uh humorous funny affectionate pride uh competition we've got some friends that uh have a black crows podcast called state of America. so what i'm wondering like you're talking about little five points you ever hang out at at, at steve and chris and sven's house you have any stories for us so. yeah,
1: well, yeah I, I remember that that house was on oakdale so uh and uh um i'm trying to think of a story that i can actually tell uh, <laughs>
3: uh it, it was this is an unrated was, podcast so man yeah, it, ever, it was but...
1: it was an interesting period of time that you know the funny thing about you know steve used to have this uh vespa motors <laughs> motor scooter like you know like I kind of imagine
3: big Steve Gorman riding this in Vespa. Oh
1: man, if you ever have Steve back on, you need to just just have Steve just kind of recount the vehicles that he had. He had a, a Dodge <laughs> Dart that uh that was, you know, that they um <laughs> he he ended up having to, to give the car away. I don't think he could sell it, so he, up, <laughs> he had given it away. Uh, but he used to have this uh Vespa that he rode and he uh, he didn't have a headlight on it you know i think he got pulled over a couple times because he didn't have a headlight on it so he got a flashlight and he duct taped it t- t- between the you know the, the handlebars and the vespa and you know sometimes you'd hear steve coming down the road and you'd see like this little dim light and you'd hear you like you'd hear it before you actually <laughs> saw him and he'd come roaring up and he'd have like you know the flashlight on the vespa and he'd have some sort of like uh, swimming goggles or something you know, oh and, and that was it, man. But uh, those were fun times, man.
4: Um, also, when we talked to Steve, we were talking about uh, the you know back history camaraderie between those guys in Blackberry Smoke, and of course, even before they were Blackberry Smoke. But uh, like Brit and Richard, they they ran like a rehearsal place
1: there in Atlanta somewhere. Or... Yeah, that was called uh, Rehearse Too Much. So they. Um... <laughs> So there was a, a, a warehouse there called Rehearse Too Much. Now the, I don't know if Steve told you a story. Uh, uh, Britt and Richard had um, they had a band back then called Nihilus. Right, Nihilus. Yep. Nihilus was badass, and Nihilus was just like, like the the funny thing because I remember I we had a a, a room there, and you could re- like if you were rehearsing at the same time that uh, Nihilus was rehearsing. You could hear yourself play while you were playing, but but as soon as you stopped playing, it was it was all you could hear was nihilist. It was like they were playing in your room because they uh, you know they, they when they were when they rehearsed they would uh, mic the drums and push the drums through the, the PA, so it was like they rehearsed like they were on stage. And so, yeah. So it was it was seriously loud. Wow. Yeah, but but they were I mean but they were a great band. They were they were amazing. Right on, right on.
4: It's Jason, is it that time of the show?
3: Guys, do you want to answer some stupid questions and maybe fight amongst yourselves?
0: Uh, <laughs> I do stupid best. <laughs> That's called rehearsal. <laughs>
3: That's called rehearsal. Yeah. All right. We'll start out regularly, some musically oriented. All right. I can see Brandon, you like Fender. Andrew, you're smart. You like Gibson. Make a case for either of those brands to be the best guitar.
0: Telecaster can do anything you want it to do. Just a little bit of a play with that, play with that tone knob. And I swear, man, I've got, I've got a couple Telecasters and one of them will be hot as hot as a junior. Sometimes it feels like, and and the other one will be so trebly that I put it up and I pick up the one that sounds like a junior. So that, that's, that's my pitch on wide on that side. Why okay. am I wrong?
1: All right. Uh, you, are, you are not wrong, and Offender will actually stay in tune. Uh, <laughs> but a Gibson is something that uh, Paul Kossoff played, and it's something that Peter Green played, That's and it's something argument. that uh, Jimmy Page played, and it's something that uh, a lot of great people played. But you know, most importantly, if you um, if you are at the end of the month and you are short on your rent, <laughs> you can take a Gibson to a pawn shop, <laughs> and uh, you might have a good chance of getting your rent. <laughs> so,
3: that sounds oddly specific, very specific, Andrew. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> um, okay. Well, I, I like Gibson, Andrew. Yeah, Rangers, we're, we're admiring I it's, it's a good wall, man. I, I I I lean to my Gibsons a little bit more, my special and my standard, but I do like a Telecaster. If I'm thinking Fender. Okay. Yeah. All right. If you guys had to play a gig with only one guitar and one amp, what are you choosing?
0: Andrew's guitar and Andrew's amp.
3: <laughs> not stand up there, not saying. That's an easy one.
0: <laughs>
3: All right, Andrew, it's on you. Pick your guitar and pick your amp. Nothing else. Uh, guitar amp. Let's see.
1: Only one guitar, only one amp. I would take uh, a Les Paul, and I would take a Marshall.
0: And I.
3: Are you an open pickup or a, c- a closed pickup type of guy, like uh, Les Paul?
1: These, these are getting specific.
3: Yeah doesn't
1: matter. I tend to like the covers on the pickups, you know, you know, you know, back when, you know, Clapton and everybody was when they were pulling the the covers off of their, you know, their pickups, they were, they were trying to just get their guitars louder. Cause you know, back then it's like, you know, there weren't, you know, you couldn't step on a stomp box or, you know, you know, if or if you had a stomp box, it wouldn't, it wouldn't do what, you know, Kind of get that more aggressive uh, presence that they were trying to go for. But uh, um, I mean, you're sweating on your guitar a lot. You know, there's a lot. uh, The cover helps, you know. Yeah. That's the guitar somewhat. But, you know.
3: I'm kind of with you on that. It's so, there's pretty powerful as it is. And that just helps, I think, bring in check.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, but 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 somebody like Slash still
3: likes the open ones.
1: Yeah. So loud. Yeah. So. But I, I I certainly get it. I, I mean I remember when you know, you know people used to butcher Marshall amps just to try to you know, you know you had this like super loud amp and you know they would put put uh, master volumes and all these sorts of different things on them to try to you know make them work but they were when they're just kind
3: of stock. Do you do you play a standard like which which your go to Les Paul?
1: Uh. The, the correct answer is whatever one i can afford <laughs> but uh I, I i like standards standards are great uh uh i've got two standards and i, I like les paul juniors a whole yeah yeah, yeah. les paul Jr. Oh, yeah. is like um you know it, it's funny you can play a riff on uh you know like a any you know any guitar that i can hand you but then sometimes if you i play that same riff on a les paul jr and all of a sudden it starts to spark just something you know i'm a big leslie west fan man i just you know the
3: p90s gibson makes are so good yeah yeah I, I would agree
1: so well it's probably the one thing that they uh that they haven't over overthought like i don't <laughs> you know it seems like, it seems like they've got like 60 versions of a humbucker and maybe you know when the one the first one they had was the one that was perfect they shouldn't have done it right right
3: right like yeah but the
1: p90 it's kind of like you know it's great and they haven't really screwed it up yet yeah of course nobody's from you know it's not like gibson's calling me and asking me my opinion <laughs> so, yeah. you,
3: you never know with this band man you guys got something going on you never know
1: yeah, yeah. That, that, that'll be the world's, the world's loneliest signature <laughs>
3: <laughs> maybe we'll see I'm, i'll you know i'll take a run at it you get one you I, I love All the right. sound on the record yeah I'm, I'm
1: I'm gonna call him
3: okay so i know one guy who'll buy this yes <laughs> yes brandon you got to answer this question because you also play guitar like you got it like if you're picking one of your guitars and an amp to be on stage with what are you doing
0: um I'm, i mean i'm picking my uh it's an american standard telly yeah. it's like the one you got back there, white.
3: Yeah, mine's a, pit a special apparently though.
0: But maple neck, maple neck is my, I, I love it. Um, and then, man, right now I'm playing through, I'm playing through a, um, a Fender custom reverb that sounds really good. Um, that, that set, and so that's what I'm going to play. I'm going to play that telly. I'm going to play that that Fender. That said, when we were at Jeff Tomei's, and I think we were recording oh, yeah. Dolly Parton, he had a it was just a little Princeton, like a little mm-hmm. thing set up on the rack, man. And we had that at like, like, you know, like in a six or seven, you know, no pedals, just the telly going into that. And that's kind of something that I've kind of, that I want to emulate that. You can, I, I think it's Dolly Parton might be where you hear, or maybe got me fiending where you just hit that F and just that those top three strings, the way it chimes, that, that is what I want to sound like. (laughs) I want every amp to sound like that. All right. So specifically Jeff Tomei's Princeton. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Does that, that... that's
3: a, I mean, that's very specific. I like it. Yeah. All right. So we'll switch gears a little bit. Um, Brandon, we'll start with you. What what is a lyric or a song that somebody wrote that you wish that you would have written?
0: So Dolly Parton. You just hear it
3: and you're like, man, Dolly Parton aside.
0: Dolly Parton aside. What are what are lyrics that I wish I had written?
3: Yeah, like you just hear a song or read the lyrics, like man, I just get chills and like I aspire to to do that.
0: Um, I would say there's there's a couple songs for me that I think are like the greatest songs ever written in my pantheon and that probably everybody else would say, okay, shut up. Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain by Willie Nelson. Doesn't sound like anything that we do at all. I I think one time I brought a girl home from a bar and she asked me to play something on guitar and I played her that song. And she said, "This sucks." <laughs> um, but I mean
1: But <laughs> and you got to leave. Then <laughs> what yeah.
0: happened? Yeah. <laughs> but but <Straight> out. No, <laughs> I called <the> a cab. <laughs> I would say. I would say so that, and then I'm gonna also say, um, it have to be it have to be something from church. I mean, uh, I, I'm. I'm going to sound stupid and, and sticky, but literally old hymns sung without instrumentation will always move me. I'm just going to say it is well sung by a strong woman with a tenor and just that deep it is well. Anyway, I don't want to get Could too with it because I'm not. Okay. I'm just yeah. Okay. Anything by
1: Mavis.
3: statements.
0: There you go. Yeah, see.
3: No, maybe right so, oh, Take, anything by Mavis statements. Take
0: my fifty words and yeah. say it in three. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> Andrew, for you, what's a what's a guitar riff or solo that somebody has that you're like, damn, I wish I'd I'd wrote that.
1: Uh well, my favorite one, well, I won't say it's it's not my favorite, but uh Neil Young Cinnamon Girl, because it's yeah it's it's super simple yeah but it has it cool. yeah and it but it has emotion and and to me I mean uh I mean the thing that you're always trying to do with a guitar is you know you're basically trying to you know in a way sing you're trying to you're trying to trying to play something that that has some emotion and that moves and you know some people can do that with a a lot of notes and some people you know, uh gary clark jr can do it with you know fewer notes you know i'm a big paul kossoff fan I, I love the way he plays he doesn't play a lot of notes but each one of them has some meaning i mean you know, you, you, you any one of the kings bb king albert king freddie king albert king you know, yeah yeah you know, so
0: yeah <laughs> all, and our music all great names kind of
3: like some that, so. <laughs> yeah. what'd you say brandon
0: I was saying our music actually sounds like some of those influences. So <laughs> it, it does.
3: Like I'll be honest with you, when you got on camera, well, I, I I'd seen a couple pictures, but not really play close. I expected you to be older just by your voice. Like you have like a such a like a
4: mm-hmm.
3: I'm gonna call it old voice, like mature experienced voice. Kind of like Boone. We're wearing yeah. <Yeah>. Yeah, when, well, when he you know, what, you know her, what I
2: mean. older, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> okay. Um, what is a guilty pleasure snack for both of you
0: or food item? Uh, I will say crystals. Do y'all do y'all have crystals up there? We, they're called
3: White Castle where I'm from. Okay, it, as, as Andrew knows. <laughs>
0: Like White, White Castle is good. Come here, buddy. Deacon, come here, man. Sorry. Yeah, Deacon. Hey, buddy. Um, we are a pet
3: friendly podcast. We have pets and they always join us.
0: Man, a, a sack full of crystals has gotten me through several nights. You can you can stretch those 12 little burgers out quite a ways and then feel them a few days later.
4: Yeah, that's my guilty pleasure. Okay,
3: it's, I like it. That's it. It's good, good
4: that you mentioned the burgers because if you said a sack full of crystals to get you through the night, you would be like, hey. <laughs>
0: What type of are hey, you hey man, yeah, that means what that means to you. I, I don't know. No, <laughs> we Josh, hey,
3: Andrew, about how about you? uh I
1: eat without guilt or shame. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, what's your go-to
3: snack on the road? Then, like you know, you pull pulling in a gas station or when you're you got to get something oh, to well, the and more,
1: and uh let's see i'm trying to think of a delicate way to put this i've learned over the years that you you know i try not to eat those types of things on the road because you got to get back in a van with a bunch of people
3: so you mean like a sack of crystals yeah yeah i I, I would not do that to, to
0: yeah it gets real <laughs> that's guilty if,
3: that's if you're <laughs> traveling on a solo acoustic tour you take that thing not if you're doing it with the band uh, something
1: <laughs> in, a, in a gas station that i would eat and then again it would be without uh
3: like like are you combos funyuns you know lays potato chips you want beef jerky i mean what do you want you want a candy bar
1: not, not a big candy person not a big uh i'm trying to think of something that mm-hmm. i if i saw it i would go man i haven't had that and i would I would eat it. I, you know, I, I try not to eat anything that's under a, a heat lamp. <laughs>
3: like yeah. that last hot, sad hot dog that's spinning. that's all wrinkled yeah, and just, I, I, yeah. you know,
1: I don't eat any sushi or anything like that. I, yeah, I, I probably have a bigger list of things that I, I wouldn't eat. I, I'll have to get back to you on that. So
3: I, do you I'm guys know Dorothy?
1: Dorothy
3: Martin, Dorothy Martin from the band Dorothy? Okay, I, I do. I, we'll check her out anyways. Okay. So I think you're going to, say a uh, gas station sushi is bad but dorothy swore to us in san diego the best sushi she's ever had is at a gas station god bless Brian, right
0: wasn't <laughs> so it tacos in san diego yeah.
3: was it tacos or sushi I think it was tacos Ta- <laughs> maybe it's tacos damn it it was tacos you're right
1: it's it like bad. that scene in uh, the deer hunter with christopher walken
3: right
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's playing dorothy may not know it man but she's she's literally just spinning in the barrel <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna get her one day
3: We'll check out her music if you have it. All right, um, write her down. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a different question though. Favorite okay. cereal? Favorite cereal?
1: Oh, cereal. There's um, probably gonna be
4: a follow up question.
1: <laughs> strangely enough, and this is probably more to do with my dad. I, I eat oatmeal.
0: I was gonna say the same thing, man. <laughs> Plain oatmeal. I eat oatmeal. Five the the
4: follow up question doesn't work with oatmeal. Either.
0: Yeah, and it we'll get back
3: around the the. What do you
1: put in your oatmeal? Just Quaker Oats, and it, it has less to do with uh, the taste of it. It's, it's, it's a funny thing. I just, I remember um, my dad used to kind of like, you know, when I had no money, my dad would always say, like, here are some things that you could eat if you have no money, that at least you eat them and you felt like you ate something. So <laughs> you,
0: you eat oatmeal. And, you, ever put, uh, you ever put the oatmeal on the white bread? You make toast? <laughs> And then put oatmeal <laughs> on the toast. All right. I'm telling you. We're, we're coming out with a cookbook next. <laughs> yeah.
3: You could make the toast, cut it into like triangles, and dip in the oatmeal. Like it's almost like chips and salsa, but it's oatmeal and toast.
0: That probably makes more sense than sitting there spreading oatmeal <laughs> on white bread, but that being said, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> desperate times, desperate yeah, times. Yeah,
0: exactly. And cap and crunch, cap and crunch.
3: P- Captain Crunch is a good choice, but peanut butter, Captain Crunch, to me, oh. might be the greatest, like, unhealthy cereal of all time.
0: Either way, your the roof of your mouth is going to be paying for just it. It's torn the fuck up. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's yeah. a good. couple of days to recover from that. You, know, you got, like, those little strands hanging down, or at least feels like it's just shredded.
0: That's when a nice, soft crystal, you know, will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's such a gross sentence.
3: My mouth is tore up. I got to have the all-crystal diet until I recover
0: please
3: don't <laughs> you know there's a there's a recipe that that that's a um, white castle or crystal dip where you buy so many of them and you blend them together and then you pour them in a baking tray and you bake them with some stuff on top of it and then it's supposed to be a dip I've never done it and I think it's should be a crime to put those things in a food processor or a blender to be honest with you Oh, you
1: guys are calling devil by his name. That's not, that's,
0: that's, <laughs> There's not a lot of chewing that's required that's either not, way. Okay, man, <laughs> I know why you got to blend it, man. Yeah. Okay, and this is going to get gross. <laughs> These are the things you don't
3: get asked to talk about on other podcasts, guys. This yeah. what separates us from everybody else. I, I, I just, just Most people don't know about music. music.
1: There was a story that uh, Brad Whitford like, plays guitar with, uh, of course, Aerosmith. Yep. And he was talking about how they were, they were down in Florida, and this is like uh, I think early early days for them. And he was talking about how they they played the same club. They were there for like a week, and so he was eating at Burger King every day for the week, and was walking down the street in uh, in Florida, of course, you know, with his boots, you know, his pants tucked in with in his boots. <laughs> And uh, after a whole week of Burger King, he <laughs> discovered why you shouldn't do that, and also why you shouldn't have your pants tucked in your like boots. your
3: pants in your boots
1: <laughs> <laughs> when that happens. So, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know if he kept those boots as a
0: just a reminder of, because of, of why Burger King is you know, what you need for a whole week. But... So we're really passionate about our music, yeah. and I think we're we're very. <laughs> <Burger King. laughs>
3: So Burger King has never sponsored Aerosmith stores. No, I, I, th- I think that's a dollar they won't take. <laughs> <That's it>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God. Uh what was I gonna ask you guys? I completely lost lost my thought because because of that. <laughs> and it's and it's Florida, so it's hot and humid. It's like uh, the worst possible I mean, conditions could possibly be uh, in.
1: I I can only imagine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: oh, good lord. Paint a picture. Uh, okay. <laughs>
3: All right. <clears throat> okay. What is the worst movie you've ever seen at the movie theater? Oh, both, you guys both have to answer this.
0: Worst movie I've ever seen at a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there are bad movies that I love. Yeah. I think there's only one movie I've ever straight up walked out of. And I mean, it was terrible. It was a uh, some Will Ferrell movie. Uh, it was it was awful. Yeah, I don't <laughs> the ca- the campaign is that a Is that, is that the one? Was that Zach- a, Yeah, thing? yeah, yeah. And and I don't hate on you if you enjoy that movie. It could have been great. Could have been. I had a bad day. But, I saw
3: it on cable for free, so or you know, at least whatever it uh, cost the cable.
0: They were playing Batman across the hall, so me and who I was with literally left about 30 minutes in and went and watched Batman. So,
3: <laughs> good choice. <laughs> yeah. Andrew.
1: I don't, you know, well, uh, it's been a while since I've actually been in a movie theater, but I would I would probably be the person who would not leave a movie theater cuz you're usually air conditioned. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'd probably just re- look at my phone or
0: something. I mean, <laughs> you know.
1: There's probably some reason I would, you know.
0: I will say one thing that's fun about when we're rehearsing or we're writing stuff is we'll come over to Andrew's and you never know. There's going to be some like <laughs> B horror movie we, we going on in, yes. the, in the background. So we're like yes. playing music and writing songs and you look up and you will see everything. Yes, You just never know what you're going to say. Just blood, body parts. The
1: island of Dr. Moreau. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so.
3: It has to have gratuitous violence and gratuitous nudity or else it doesn't count. It's.
1: It's Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime says no to nothing.
3: No, and they have some great <laughs> yeah, B level like movies that are just like, where Where did this come from?
1: And we just kind of you know, we, usually we let Ben, you know, because Ben's a, our bass player. Ben's on the other side of the room. Has the he's got the direct. <laughs> he's eye. got the, you know, it's it's to my back. So I, we usually let Ben pick it, and you know, whatever <laughs> Ben picks, we go with. So know. I'm
3: I'm gonna ask this that your question a little bit different. Then help me out. Um, At work, we have a punishment where if you do something, this is fun, by the way, if you do something wrong or whatever, there's got a criteria to meet, but you have to watch a bad movie from our list and you have to do like a, basically a book report in front of the team about said bad movie. So if you were to add a bad movie to our bad movie list, what would you choose?
0: Something that's painful to watch. Bad, but not enjoyable. Yeah. (laughs) If we're talking punishment. That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to say a four hours director cut of Titanic.
3: Oh, good Lord!
0: You've got to hear like, my heart will go on. Somebody would call HR for that times. one though.
3: We have to do something that's HR friendly.
0: Okay. Well,
3: <laughs> the time is the time is terrible. Like we've had um, Troll Two. We've had the Apple. Um,
0: what else? <laughs> <had on? laughs> troll sure. Two is a sure. success. Yeah. <laughs> we, we happen to like troll movies. <laughs> That's a good Friday night, man. <laughs> have you
1: guys seen Troll I Two? Th- I think we've probably seen every every troll movie, and like anything that you know, anything that comes on that has troll, the word troll in it, we troll. Will...
3: You're in it. Yeah. Well, there's like Troll Hunter, which is like a Norwegian film that yeah, came we saw. Out that also great. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a good movie. That's not, not that.
0: Nilbog. Is it Nilbog, right? Nilbog, you've
3: seen it. The town of I Nilbog. I'm telling you, man. Which is goblin backward. They're not <laughs> even called trolls in the movie. They're called goblins.
0: Yeah, yeah, all you're right. right. Yeah, there's no trolls in Troll 2. They're all that's right. go, soupy, goblins. soupy goblins.
3: And they turn they turn people into plants so they can eat them instead of just eating plants.
0: Okay. Oh, my God. I <laughs> got the kid with the glasses. Um, yeah, man, that's a that's a good movie. Well, it's not a good movie. It's a good time.
3: That's where the kid gets up on the table and pees all over the food, so his family won't eat it. Get turned into plants. That's a
0: that's a good Friday night, man.
3: And there's a documentary on that called Best Worst Movie. If you've seen that movie, check out the documentary on it. It's amazing. And you guys are like, what kind of hell podcast? This is supposed to be blues <laughs> and southern rock, and we're talking about <laughs> goblin movies.
1: <laughs> I, I was actually kind of thinking of the. Uh, you know, the idea that work would be something that you, you'd go home and watch a movie as punishment for work when it seems like it's, it would be the other way around. You <laughs> go to work. You, you go to work, work, work as punishment <laughs> for watching a movie. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, well, you know, we we try to have a little bit fun at times, and you know, just the punishments like, are like, did like you cool. annoy somebody, miss a deadline, like you know, just something like that. It's kind of like a kangaroo court, like if you play baseball or something, same kind of. Right. Sounds
1: like a cool place to work.
3: It's it's. It depends on who you work with, and we're a pretty good group. <laughs> cool. All right. Good attitude. <clears throat> all right. We're going to ask you guys questions to determine whether or not you're psychopaths. We already had the <laughs> Craigslist killer out here. <laughs> My nose is running from laughing. <laughs> laughing. All right. <laughs> These come from our friend, great blues guitarist, blues singer, performer, rock singer, Le- Leilani Kilgore, in case you're wondering. Okay. Um. All right. If you're making a bowl of cereal, hence the cereal question, do you put the cereal in the bowl and then the milk on top of it? Or do you pour the milk first and then put the cereal on top of it?
0: Is there a single person? Is there, I want to, I want to meet the (laughs) one person in the entire world.
1: Who puts the milk in first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I cannot believe that there's a person that chooses to do that.
3: That's the guy who answers your Craigslist ad and actually kills you and puts them in the trunk of the car.
0: Or if you work on a very, on a dairy farm,
1: you might, yeah.
3: <laughs> or maybe if you really love milk you just want a little cereal to wash your milk. So you guys are both cereal first and then milk people?
1: Absolutely. Yes. If, okay. if I were going to eat cereal, yes.
3: All right. We're one for one. This, now we got to go for two for two here. When putting on your shoes, you first put your sock on the same foot and then the shoe on, or do you put a sock on each foot and then the shoe on each foot?
0: I'm um, definitely both socks and then both shoes. So I'm um, um, definitely
1: the Elani. This is from her list. Yes. All right. uh, I'm, I'm, and I know it's, it's funny because I, I think you had a post from her on, on your, on your site. And I'm yeah. thinking how many times she's actually probably looked across the room watching people put their shoes on (laughs) to figure out if they're coming back.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So Andrew, are you agreeing with Brandon's answer?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, Unless one sock happens to be across the room, I
3: mean. Okay, <laughs> okay. In a typical day, your socks first. And then she's, all right, right all right.
1: Generally speaking,
3: you guys yeah. pass. You are not psychopaths under in the eyes of Leilani Kilgore. all right,
0: podcast. if that's all it takes, I have some exes. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wait. That's a wait off.
3: <laughs> maybe that's what you do first before you decide to date somebody. You ask them those questions or you have them make a bowl of cereal, put the <sighs> shoes on, and you can like, well, you know, you should put the milk in first. There's no way I'm dating her.
0: Hey, you guys wanna you wanna maybe, you know, come upstairs <laughs> come back to my place for cereal <laughs> and <then> we'll kind of <laughs> see where that goes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you
4: play blue eyes crying in the rain
0: <laughs> and then i <laughs> and then i sit at home alone in my socks <laughs> stuff. Uh,
3: maybe that you know if you ever have to get a, a replacement in the band hopefully you never do but maybe that's forget trying out with an instrument here guys there's two things you need to do before you even play for us <laughs> okay all right uh, Alright, what is the craziest thing you guys have ever seen being on tour? Not necessarily together, but playing live music somewhere. What is the craziest thing you've ever seen?
2: Hmm.
4: That's a... Uh... Or a good story from the road. Either or a good
3: story if you had to tell somebody, like, man, this is what it's like.
1: <laughs> See, the...
3: The filter is...
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs>
3: Listen. Here's here's the only rule to this question, guys. If a crime has been committed, only use the words "allegedly" and don't use somebody's real name.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I up in there's a. Oh, I'm, I referenced it earlier. The the cornpone, yeah. uh, a biker <laughs> bar that was owned by the guy that owned the strip club across the street. And so, from the stage, we're playing, and it's apparently Homeboy's birthday. <laughs> And they bring in a phallic a cake, put it in the back room. And then I guess him and a couple of the workers from across the street go into the back room just in sight from the stage. And you see a lot more skin than you were wanting to see from the stage while we're playing, like, comfortably numb or something, <laughs> like a cover. <laughs> and just unfortunately seeing way more than you want to see. I don't know that's a – that was awful. <laughs> that was traumatic. You know,
3: like <laughs> did you stop playing? Were you distracted or did you just get power through it like a true professional?
0: No, I think really I think <laughs> I was inspired to really hit those David Gilmore bins with Yeah, the, just it, hold them everything. I was, yeah.
3: A lot of vibrato with your hands. With your oh yeah.
0: It just it just felt more real in that moment, you know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Andrew.
1: Um I, again, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna plead the fifth. <laughs>
3: If it gets worse
1: no, than
3: that, I don't know. No, <laughs> no, sorry, she's gonna rat out Suzanne on so we can chat her later and say, you know what? Uh, about no, you? I
1: love Suzanne. Suzanne's my sister. I've never.
3: What never a voice, heard. man. I that's so awesome that you played with her in that band. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah.
1: Yep, yep. We did it. We did it for years. So, um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of fun. We uh had some good memories, had, had some good shows. We did, uh, man. Played with uh, Leon Russell, played with a bunch of people, man. It was, it's, it's, that was, that was a fun band. Yes. Yeah. yeah, some,
3: yeah some good shit. Yeah. England knew what was going on. The UK knew what was going on.
1: Yeah. For some reason, I don't know. It's just, you know,
3: so, you know. a lot of the, a lot of the bands, artists we talk to, man, they do s- much better in Europe than they do over here because the European audience just really digs American rock music. You
1: know, uh, it, I mean, uh, I think it's just one of those things kind of like, uh, how to put it, it's, you know, kind of what's commonplace in one place is yeah. maybe a little bit more exotic in another place. So, you know. Yeah. You know.
3: Makes sense. You're,
1: you know, you're somewhere and you think, man, that just sounds like, that sounds like my, my uncle's band that plays, you know, Two Houses Down.
3: My uncle's man that plays comfortably and numb while there's a dick cake off of the <laughs> yeah. side of the stage. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but, you know your uncle's fans should probably you know, go <laughs> to, take it to London because they'd love it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, <laughs> I heard that. I hear they like phallic shake cakes over London. That's a thing. It's a big, big over there. You know they yeah. have spotted, spotted dick cakes. So I, you spotted think dick.
0: Yeah, cake. yeah.
1: The stones were from.
0: I didn't. I didn't have the angle to confirm yeah. whether or not that was what was going on.
3: <laughs> oh boy this could go in a bad direction all right last question for you guys on the nonsense stuff here what is a band artist or song that we would be surprised and our listeners would be surprised to hear that you guys like oh
0: that's a good question
1: yeah right. hmm mm-hmm. Uh. And here's, we're going to, we're going to,
3: Brian, we're going to add a new layer to this. You cannot say disco or the Bee Gees. Everybody okay. says that. You cannot say that.
1: Harry Nilsson. Love, love Harry oh, Nilsson. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That's love a good it. one.
3: Yeah. I don't know if I'd be surprised by that because that's a, a good artist, but yeah, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, uh I think he did like the, the whole soundtrack. What's that movie? Midnight Cowboy.
3: Yep. Yeah. I believe that's right.
1: It's brilliant. I mean, there he There was a, there was an animated thing that he also did the music to. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but you know, just for some reason, you know, that popped into my head, you know. Uh, Sierras Gansborg is another person that I, I mean, there's a, I mean, the interesting thing about about this band is, you know, we listen to a lot of stuff. There's a lot of, you know, Though, in terms of what we're trying to do, you know, again, is, you know, inspired by what we always say, the, the best of 70s rock gospel, soul and blues. But, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that, you know, good music is good music.
3: You know? good mucus. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look up what that movie would have been. Oh, he did this. He was on the Popeye soundtrack that Robin. Remember that 1980? Yeah, Robin yeah.
1: Williams? That's, that's another. With, yeah. The with uh, Shelley, Shelley Duvall.
3: Shelley Duvall. Yeah, yeah, it was all oil. That was yeah. A, yeah, that was a musical. I, I actually liked that when I was a kid.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, he was a, I mean, <laughs> he's a really interesting guy, you know, you know, at stage fright would never, never play live, but, you know, did a, did a lot of brilliant stuff. You know, he would do, he would do like TV specials. He would do, you know, things that, you know, kind of a more controlled environment, you know, hung out with uh, John Lennon a lot, you know.
3: So, very eclectic i was looking up on wikipedia there that's what i was looking through and yeah. you know, very eclectic career
1: yeah but you know he he's got a, a lot of really good sound you know songs that kind of uh how to put it i mean um you know one of one of the things i i love you know especially if you are a musician and you can play like two or three notes of what you do and people can recognize what you do. it's like, you know, I'm wearing a Bo Diddley t-shirt, you know, Bo Diddley's one miles Davis is another, you know, when you can, you know, two or three notes in, you, I, I know who that is. I mean, that's, that's kind yeah. of genius. And, uh, yeah. You know, Nielsen's got a thing he does that nobody else does.
3: Love it. That's a great answer. Brandon.
0: Um, I'd say I've listened to quite a bit of Aaliyah recently.
3: Really? That is completely <laughs> <Yeah>. random.
2: <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, I, I got,
3: mean, she had some stuff in the 90s, right? When got, you know, God rest her soul. But yeah, she had some stuff. Good sense. I,
0: I, Dude, every song I'm 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 saying, man, there were there was a, a period where literally it, the perfectly written songs, perfectly edited, perfectly like minimal, and just hooks. And just the the way it's crafted and the way that it's i I've been sitting with that for a minute. I've been all right, yeah, MTV yeah, dude
3: yeah. Brian yeah. Th- Brian, that's a great answer like we that's not <laughs> mm-hmm. one we've heard before and a completely yeah. unexpected one. That's a good, good one, one. And, and to bring this all around back to Ali a little bit we we had on about a month or so ago Jason Charles Miller who does like a hard Southern rock in fact, he wrote old Scarecrow with Charlie Starr oh cool. and stuff. Yeah. but he used to be in a, an industrial metal band called Godhead. And where I'm going with this is Godhead was on the uh, Queen of the Damned soundtrack, which
1: Yeah, ah. See, there you go. Six,
3: six degrees. degrees of Aaliyah. Six degrees of Aaliyah. <laughs> okay. we we're That's calling six, six degree of Brandon Neal. I don't know. One, yeah. one or the other, whichever one do we want to do it. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. All right, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Where, what's going on next with you guys? Where do where does everybody go to find out more about your music tour dates, get your merch, find out everything about and correct me, like I've looked you guys up multiple times. Is it rare birds ATL? Is it just rare birds, the rare birds? Like it's a million different ways on the internet and on your your you know yes. your streaming and, and devices. It's
1: it's it's confusing, confusing, but uh, we call ourselves rare birds or we yep. know the know the we're, we're rare, right.
3: rare birds right. and there's the the rare birds there's one to of those in the,
1: the world uh, and at large we we are rare birds atl because that's the easier way to find us in fact uh yep i don't know. and that's I'm, the name of your album there, atl there used to be a band that was from uh you know from from london and they were called share uk
3: yeah <laughs> so, UK. share UK. yeah, yeah so <laughs> <laughs> just share with the British accent. Yes.
1: Yeah. But, but, you know, so that's the easier way to find us. And it also ties into your, uh, your question. I mean, uh, we're Rare Birds ATL on Instagram. We're Rare Birds ATL on Facebook. We're Rare Birds ATL on Bandcamp, which is where you can find uh, all of our, uh, our uh, records to date are on Bandcamp. camp. Uh, and it's probably better there. to buy from, from Yans- Bandcamp River, too, because you
3: else. guys yeah. get a, a bigger cut of the money that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, but, you know, but you know, at this point, man, again, and th- this is why we really appreciate you guys having us on. We're, we're just trying to spread the word and we don't, you know, however you, however you get to us, we are happy to have you. So just anybody out there, you know, just please check us out. Thank you.
3: Yeah, and you know your record is awesome. It, it was a breath of fresh air when it came in. Brian yeah. was raving about it. He, he he got hooked up with your PR or manager who sent me a record. I checked it out. Um, I contribute to like a quarterly top ten list for like different stuff, and like you guys made it on my Q three top ten by far and away. And I just I love the record. So all
0: right, cool. No, thank, thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. Man. All right,
4: wow. so, Brian thank you so much to andrew kyler and uh brandon neal from rare birds uh you guys have a great record atl it's awesome incredible uh you guys fit in there so well with with a lot of the stuff we're listening to and and uh just so it's so cool that you're continuing on that georgia tradition and doing such a great job of it so thank you for being on man it means a lot to us and anytime you guys want to come back on man we're i'm you know we'll promote the hell out of you guys and we love your band man thanks for coming on
1: and and thank you and thank you for you guys doing what you do and 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 the cool thing about it like we're just sitting here man and, and i've been writing down like names that you guys have been sharing with us and we're going to go check it out so that's that's kind of the cool thing is just you know always yeah. something new man
4: cool very cool
1: all right thank you guys all right you guys have a great night take thank care thank you Thank you so
4: much to Andrew Kyler, Brandon Neal from Rare Birds out of Atlanta. Um, I'm picturing Steve Gorman on a on a, a mod scooter with, a flashlight, <laughs> Bro, with the the flashlight, with
3: a flashlight, with a headlight. <laughs> oh man, we we got some good stories. We got some breaking uh, trivia uh, about black crows that we were able to share with our friends Ian and david at state of morca brian what was that breaking trivia that we never heard before
4: the breaking trivia what was the breaking trivia
3: are you talking about andrew was Co- asked to try out for the black road oh yeah
4: yeah that's what i was gonna say but with mr gorman told us or told you yeah yeah spectacular
3: yeah right um and uh yeah anyways so wait was that on the podcast or was that what Steve no that was that, that was gorman I see I got confused okay for everybody if you're wondering what the hell is going on (laughs) when I text when I chatted Steve he also said they asked Andrew to try out for the Black Crows and so as a good journalist I went to make sure I could verify the story Brian and I went to Mr. Kyler himself and I said hey I hear from Steve that you know you were asked to try out and he confirmed it he's he confirmed it he but he also said that he didn't feel like he did a great job with it either, and just was too nervous. But he did confirm he tried okay. out when when oddly made oddly ended up making that yeah, the, position player. The gig
4: that oddly got and the gig that uh, that uh, um, oh damn it <laughs> from the spin doctors we talked to Anthony oh
3: Anthony
2: yes Anthony Crazy
3: yes there you go God I'm glad you can remember so this is funny. <laughs> We're going to we're going to give you guys a little insight into how the sausage is made. Sometimes, Brian, I hope you don't mind like we're divulging secrets here. Sure. Sometimes Brian and I will do intros and outros the same time that we talk to our guests. Sometimes, Brian, we do them later. Well, after we talked, this (laughs) is one of the occasions where we (laughs) where I got confused with the conversation with Steve and Andrew. I thought we actually had on the podcast. So
4: winging it and trying to remember the facts.
3: Should have wrote notes, should have wrote notes, but the cool thing of the fact that we did do this afterwards is we got that story from Gorman, confirmed it with Andrew, now everybody knows that he tried out for the Black Rose.
4: You just gave me some confidence, too, because when you referred to yourself as a journalist, are we music journalists (laughs) as well as podcasters?
3: I mean, we sort of, I mean, not, you know, not like regular ones, but we are, because sometimes we are sharing stories and, you know, news.
4: We are no Matt Wake, but... We're podcast no daily We just created a new podcast category: podcast, podcast, broadcast prod, <laughs> proctologist.
3: <laughs> but you never. But I do know that you should confirm with at least two sources of, of podcast in, a, journalists. Yes, my my friend Diego, who's an attorney, but but he has a journalism degree, and he, and I always critique journalists, and he always defends them. Tells me that you always have to ha- confirm with two sort independent sources for a story. And I did. And that there you go.
4: All right. Well, before we get delirious, <laughs> you know, we, uh, by the way, we got some big dogs coming up that we're going to talk to and you guys will love that too. So anyway, uh, maybe I'm already delirious. Well, if I am then always remember Southern rock is reverent, blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
2: You've been known to wonder. Lately, I see you haven't been singing quite the same, little bird. What's happened to your wing? You gotta find.